Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 151. I am one of your hosts, Chris. Mike is also on this show, but let me get into that. So, we had an amazing guest this week, Travis Gibb of Broke Down and Two Dead Bodies, Kickstarter, live right now. Um, we recorded with him, we recorded a show, and my audio didn't turn out, so... The entire episode had to be scrapped, and I was able to salvage a majority of the uh, interview. So basically, the interview for the most part is Mike and um, Travis chatting, talking about the book, talking about comics, and doing a bunch of other stuff. Um, Towards the end, you're going to notice some pauses. Those pauses are when I talk, and... uh, I don't want to cut out too much of what Travis is talking about because I think he has some really cool insight into the world of comics, writing comics, and just what's going on in the landscape today. Um, it's really upsetting that we this happened to this episode um, because it was such an awesome, awesome interview. Um, so... I apologize to everybody out there. It was a computer error that caused this. I'm not quite sure how it happened. Um, I re-recorded a few things after it, and it worked just fine. So it was probably just dumb podcasting luck. But we still have a majority of that interview. Um, There won't be a, a really clear outro because I do the outro and you can't hear my audio. So he's going to talk for a little bit. Uh, Like I said, there's going to be some weird pauses, but I really wanted to get you guys an episode this week, and I wanted his story and his insights to get out there because Travis is an awesome dude, uh, and he was just a great hang. We literally sat here and talked for about an hour for the interview and then hung out afterwards for another 30, 45 minutes just talking comics and podcasting and making comics and like everything and uh behind the curtain that doesn't happen too often we um we have made friends with a few people through the show and uh that's cool when that happens but 99 percent of the interviews are pretty in and out uh they come in they talk to us uh we say thank you tell them the whole spiel and then they take off into the night, and nothing against those people. They usually end up helping us by sharing the uh, show and things like that. But it's just, I just want to reiterate how rare it is for us to sit and talk to somebody for that long, and almost see the the seed of a friendship grow through that. So, everybody, make sure you check out "Broke Down Two Dead Bodies." All of the links for that are in the description down below. So check that out. It's a cool book. Uh, if you like like crime, almost noir, but not really noir uh, comics, think Bendis' independent stuff or uh, Brubaker, you'll love this book. And uh, I hope you all enjoy the interview. And I will be back next week with another sol- with a solo show. Uh, with another great guest, and I promise you that one will not end up like this one. So, everybody, I want to remind you, fortresscomicnews.com. That's where you can find everything we do. 
You can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and you can find Mike at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. And if you are enjoying the show, you know the spiel. Five stars on iTunes or any other podcatcher you get. Uh, make sure if you're watching us on YouTube to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, and if you want to go that extra mile, the patreon.com slash Fortress Comic News. And uh, thank you all for listening, and enjoy the interview. Hey, Travis. Welcome to the show, man. Um, talk about your Kickstarter. Uh, broke down of four dead bodies, but um, you, we usually get into the origin story of people, um, their love for comics, if they read comics in an early age. So let's let's just jump into that. Um, what, how, how early of an age were you into comics? Were you always wanted to write one, or you just read comics? How did it start for you? Yeah, I've never read a comic. I'm hoping to one day. Oh, okay. I'm cool. really excited about it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> never read a comic. Yeah, never read a comic. I just said I'd write them because, you know, no, uh, I've read it since I was 12. Mm. Uh, I'm from Rochester, New Hampshire, which I was right outside of Dover, New Hampshire, which is where the Ninja Turtles were from. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of uh, inbred in our system over there. Um, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm 40 years old. So I saw Kevin Eastman, Peter Lard in signings at stores. So for mm-hmm. me, like writing comics was like the, the best job I could possibly get if I ever got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I've been reading comics my whole life. I'm a huge Marvel guy. Uh, love the X-Men, love Spider-Man. I literally, since 12 years old, I have every issue of Amazing Spider-Man and X-Men um, full, full runs. Uh, I spend about $50 in comics a week, um, and that's with a 70% discount. So if you can imagine the stack, I know that, I don't think it's a camera thing, but that was my stack this week. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> awesome. that may be, that's two weeks. That's, that's an exaggeration. That's two weeks. But yeah, um, I love comics. I love everything about it. I live and breathe. Um, I came to Florida to be a filmmaker, mm-hmm. um, and when I got here, I, I ended up having a baby. You know, and decided that I'd, I'd break into comics for a little bit. That was really good, but it ended up being really time consuming. So I took a break to, to be a dad. And then I came right back in to come back in comics in like 2017. I've been back and I've been doing some work since then. Awesome. So uh, what what did you come back with in 2017? So in 2017, I came back with Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies. That's my, okay. uh, that's, that's my series. So that, that book was actually started in 2007. Oh, wow. Okay. In 2007, we came out with two issues. Um, and in 2007, it was a different environment. You didn't have Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. You had to buy, buy all your stuff. You had to go kick, You had to go basically do two issues, mm-hmm. submit it to, to Image, and hopefully they pick it up. And then you had to print those image, those copies. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that you submitted to Image. You then had to print a 1,000 copies of that to have in stock for Diamond. That's assuming you got picked. So wow. it was a lot of work. Um, and then Image specifically said on their on their website that if you want to submit to them, you have to have all four issues done, all whatever miniseries you have done, all by the original art team. So our, my artist stepped away because he had a kid. So mm-hmm. I was like, damn. All right. So he stepped away. I ignored it, threw it in a box, got mad, got pissed off because I couldn't mm-hmm. finish it. Um, mm-hmm. Finally got married. And my wife was just like, so you have two issues of a comic book completed and you've never done anything with it. I was like, yeah. And you paid for the art. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I showed her pages and pages of art. And she's like, that is retarded. Uh, she was right. So I spent uh, half a year figuring out how to kickstart it, figuring out, uh, taking those two issues, making one really, really good issue. Uh, that's why the first issue is 30 pages. Cause it's the best 30 pages of the two twenty-four pages. 
mm-hmm. put together. Um, and we came up, broke down, and Forty Bodies number one. Awesome. I, I got to say, though, um, the fact that, like, you know, that, you know, uh, you sat down with a woman and she let you go through with like all your comic book art and talk about comics. It's you, you were very smart for marrying her. So. Oh, my my awesome. life is dope. She has full <laughs> Batman tattoos on, on one of her side. All oh, the Batman great. villains were going yeah. to get a Wonder Woman tattoo in March for, you know, my, my wife is dope. That's awesome. So now you have a great support system there. So yeah, let's talk about that. So now, do you think it's easier nowadays that we have Kickstarter and stuff to try to support these projects or so it's easier and harder at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. easier to get to get the the cost of entry, right? Because you can mm-hmm. convince someone to draw five pages for you, put up a Kickstarter, get it done, and then hopefully it funds and, and get to where it does. So you don't put so it's easier. The negative is is you've got a lot of people using that easy system mm-hmm. that don't realize how hard making a comic really is. So they'll come out and they'll never finish. They'll, they'll tarnish Kickstarter's name. They'll tarnish people's opinions about Kickstarter. Uh, they also aren't serious about it because it was so easy to enter. You know, back in the day, we had a community. And if you made a book, we were so proud. We didn't care how bad or good that book was. Mm-hmm. We're proud that you, you stuck it through and did the book. Uh, where nowadays, it's just not like that. They don't have the same um, etiquette as they did back then. So, so on that aspect, it's negative. But on the positive is there's great communities now that you can really feel like you're not alone, right? Mm-hmm. A Kickstarter is not funding. Or if you want some feedback on your work, like you can get that instantaneous. You don't have to go to these rare message boards and find the low end of it. Uh, back in the day, there was one comic. There was Newsarama where you go to. That's always been around. And then there was yeah. a website called Digital Webbing. And Digital Webbing is where you found all your your art teams and you kind of went there and that's where you'd find everything. Hmm. So, I mean, let's, let's jump into it. What's, what is broke down for dead bodies? What is that? Let's give us the plot synopsis. Where does the story come from? So it's two guys break down on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, They hate each other. Uh, They have, they've murdered four people uh, due to a bad job and they've got everyone after them from a Mexican gang Mm -hmm. To a biker gang, to regular mobsters, to the police department, all of them, and they freaking hate each other. Lots of guns, lots of violence, lots of F-words. Awesome. Sold. I bought two issues already. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. So th- these four issues, are we going to, we're just, they're, they're stuck on the side of the road. We're just going to see where they go from there. Um, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th- they progress a little bit. You know, uh, issue three is they, the, it, when we get to issue three, which is what we have live on Kickstarter right now, yep. they finally got the car disposed of, uh, but now everybody is getting closer to being on their tracks and on their tails. Some of the characters catch up to them, and we find that there's a mystery with this case that they have, and they're, they're trying to figure out why this case is so important, why it's causing this big like turf war in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to write a Quentin Tarantino movie because he started writing cowboy movies and didn't care about us crime guys anymore. <laughs> Guy Ritchie started, Guy Ritchie just came back to crime, but he was doing Aladdin, yep. Sherlock Holmes. Like it really got dark in the crime genre. So someone had to take up the realm. So I was happy to go back in that. Awesome. I, I really like the, the retro wave style art too on the covers. Uh, yeah. That like 80s style. Yeah. I tried to get um, the guy, uh, 
I didn't want to write a noir book and be completely dark. I didn't want the dark shading. So I got, I've got this guy who's got kind of an anime slash American style. He's got a very unique style that's not really seen everywhere, which I really dig about him. Um, yeah, we did get the, we tried to get the Miami Vice seventies vibe. And really that's just the artist not understanding America, which I find hilarious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. Kind of works and kind of gives it this weird out of time feel to it. I like that because I don't ever say the date of these things. You know, obviously you can guess a little bit by phone technology and things like that, but I don't ever say when this takes place. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the Kickstarter. So what, what kind of things are we offering uh, when you pledge? Uh, garbage, just garbage. Yeah. Just, <laughs> really. Really, don't back it now. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, we could go through. I mean, I some people you never know. Some people might pay extra for garbage. Who knows? But um, right. I, <laughs> so, I like I like that you're offering the other issues as well, like everything that came before it. Yeah, yeah. So we've got all the digital content. So uh, uh, from digital from from three dollars to sixteen dollars, you can get a digital package, and those mm -hmm. digital packages range from just issue three to one, two, and three to other works that I've done, like the Advocator, which I've done a couple projects in. Some of my other writings are all kind of mixed in there together. So you can you can do as much as you want on the digital side. On physical, um, again, you can catch up. So we've got one, two, and threes in there. But then we've got the various cover options. So for issue three specifically, I have uh, the main cover, which is which is an awesome cover. Issue two, which is, uh, it, the second cover is cover B, which is a homage cover to 100 Bullets. So if you're a mm -hmm. crime person, you know what 100 Bullets is. This is the first trade, a homage to the... Dave Johnson um, cover, you know, the blue cover with the the, the sh shadow. Great cover. It's doing really well. People love it. And then I do something special for my Kickstarters called the Artist Edition. What that is, it's a sketch cover, like, uh, style page, but it actually has a printed uh, picture on it. But there's spot to leave, you know, to draw an extra sketch. They're one two hundred. They're two hundred minimum order. Is what we get. Walter Otsley does it. He did Metal Shark Bro and a whole bunch of stuff like that. Really good guy in the indie scene. So that's that's the major of just the books. I also have. If you want to be a character in the book, you can get that. We just sold the bar. You can't name the bar anymore, but there's a couple character options. So we've got all sorts of options for you. Uh, original art, if you want want some original art from the book. So there, there's a, a whole bunch of options. The other thing is cool about it is if you're hearing this podcast and you just want to read it, the first issue, I have the digital copy right there on the Kickstarter. You can click on it and read it. Like I, I want you to, to know what you're buying and if you like it, buy it. That's really cool. Yeah. That's like the that's like the first time I've seen that. That's a, that's a really cool option that you did that. Yeah, a lot of people like protect their like they're they're so worried that someone's gonna steal their stuff. I want you to read my stuff. If you're steal, if you care enough about it to steal it, I'm proud, right? <laughs> you know? That's that's one way to go with the you know the digital age and like people pirating everything. <laughs> well, if they're interested in it, why not? <laughs> right, seriously. I mean, wow. I was uh, I was halfway funded day one because I have a fan base who really really digs this pro property. Um, I, I'm well known for my dialogue. People love my dialogue. And issue three is really my best comic I've written. I've written a lot of comics, but issue three is really the best written comic. It has a lot of things that I love. Um, I, I try to throw homages to old comic storylines. So, um, are you are you guys Marvel or DC? I'm DC. Um, He's Marvel. I'm, I'm DC. Marvel. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you, 
so the Marvel, have you ever read any um, of Mark Grinwald's Captain America? Uh, did you read the, uh, the Bloodstone Hunt? So one of my favorite parts of that is the underwater scene where they're fighting the, the shark. I have a great underwater scene in this that's really paying homage to all those action points of that Captain America story. Because if you don't know, so that there's a Captain America issue that there's zero dialogue in the whole issue. And it's Bad Rock and Captain America fighting a shark underwater <laughs> and then deciding not to kill each other because if they kill each other, the shark will eat both their asses. It's a fantastic issue. <laughs> so I, I throw the homage of that in that. So anybody who reads my stuff can tell that I just really love comics. I, I, I try mm -hmm. to throw in as much stuff because I have a I love and appreciation. There's stuff that you can do in comics that you cannot do in any other medium. You know, I get to dictate exactly how much information you get. An actor who knows what scene's coming out, they may give something away, whether they mean to or not, because of the way they acted, the way they did stuff. I decide exactly the facial expressions, and it's perfect every time because I made that decision. And that's such, such a unique perspective that we have with comics. Um, if I don't tell you that he's the bad guy, you don't know he's the bad guy until he does bad shit, you know? So. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so this, the, so Broke Down is a semi-ongoing series. It's a 12-issue arc that I have. Uh, it's broken down into small series. So Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies is a four-issue arc. Um, and it's, that, it's labeled Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies. The next one after it is called Broke Down and Tapped Out, which is a one-shot. It's a wrestling tap, wrestling one-shot. Then Broke Down and um, Broke Down and Patched In, which is a two-part, which is a, a punk rock story and a biker story. They're all tied into the same universe using the Broke Down tag. Um, and then I'm going to use like legacy numbers to do it. But yes, this four issue miniseries kind of wraps up the four dead bodies uh, storyline. Yes, yeah, that's the plan. Uh, I'm going to submit it as a completed book to a couple of different companies that do it, uh, to Image, to um, SourcePoint, to Scout. And the reason why I'm doing it late game is if you read the first issue, you feel a lot of the Quentin Tarantino tropes. Like, you feel it. You, you feel it. You're like, oh, this guy's trying to, trying to rip off Tarantino, and I want you to feel that way. But by the end of the fourth issue, you realize that I'm kind of lulling you into a false sense of security. I mean, if I do my job right, assuming. Um, but that's that's my what I'm trying to do is build a you know universe, and I really want to show you know how well I can tell a story, how clever, how well organized. There's a lot of stuff that I have planned since issue one that are little are droppings that when you get to issue four, you're gonna be like, oh, that was really cool. I didn't notice that, or I didn't notice this. So I'm playing it out, but you really need to read the whole thing to get it. So I'm gonna submit it at that point. Uh, Scout Comics, for instance, has a uh, what is it called? Nonstop, where they print the first issue of it and then they'll go directly to the trade. Mm. So, Scout mm. is an option. Uh, Source Point Press, I've got friends over there, I like them. Um, mm. and worst case scenario, I can always go to Caliber. Caliber has expressed extreme interest in it to get into Diamond. So, it's just finding what's the right fit for the book when it's all complete. Yeah. Yeah. So we have about what is it? Fifteen days left. We have fifteen days left. Yeah. Yeah. And we need five hundred dollars. Come on. I mean, this. Uh, this five hundred dollars. Yeah. We need like three hundred and fifty. Oh, okay. Well, then 
That's I don't do the math. Chris does all the math in the show. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so this, I mean, this thing's pretty well on its way to be funded. I will tell you that we have a a hundred percent fund rate with uh, with Kickstarters that have been on the show. So it's good to know this. Do you wait till they're close to funding and then then? Yeah. Ask <laughs> Look, we can't give away our secrets while recording. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I, I will have for a record. They asked me before I ever launched. They sent me a message just for the record to make sure that that's clear. They did send me a message on my set, um, my issue two Kickstarter and asked if I'd want to be on it. So See, you're already here first, first everybody. Awesome. Well, if, if you want people to follow what you're doing, um, where can we send them? Where can our- yeah, so go to the Kickstarter first. That's BrokedownComics.com. Um, you can go to Brokedown and Four Dead Bodies if you want to go to the website. Um, you can follow me, Travis Gibb, on Facebook. That's where I'm most active. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, I use Jester Lou. J-E-S-T-E-R-L-O-U. I cannot tell you why, but one day I will. <laughs> I'll be back for that, for sure. Awesome. So- but Great. yeah, yeah. So, so tell me, guys, since I'm I'm here, and you guys are 100 percent fundraising. Who has been on the show? Who? What competitors of mine are have been on the show and have been fun? Oh man, Wait, where do we even begin, Chris? Wow, we weren't prepared to have a question for us. This is awesome, though. <laughs> um, wow. Yep, Travis okay. Holyfield, uh, Miles Grab. Um, okay. I mean, we, we've had people that aren't doing Kickstarters as well, like Jeff Lemire, uh, yeah. Rob Venditti. Uh, we had Kevin Eastman about uh, a few months ago, I think now. Nice. Um, yeah, so I mean, it all started as like we wanted to promote indie comics and people's projects, and then eventually it got into, oh, Jeff Lemire is going to be on the show. <laughs> like, yeah. We don't need to be promoting Jeff Lemire's stuff, you know what I mean? It's just... Um, we try to get a wide range of just like people that love comics like you. It's nice to see that because not every writer or artist, it has a love for comics like you do. You know what I mean? Like they're not, not everybody's a collector. Um, and they, they're like, yeah, I used to read comics when I was a kid, but now I write now and I write all these stories. It's like, um, Cullen Bunn. I mean, he's got a ton of projects going on. He doesn't necessarily get read comics, um, a lot. He might read a few books here and there, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, we have we had so many names, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like Bradley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie, what was oh, yeah, he just he just left Antarctic Press to, and he's going half his books under caliber, and then he's got some other stuff going on. Bradley's going, he's he knows what's going on. He's an up and comer. Mm-hmm. And Mike, you, you're right. The people who don't read comics make me mad. <laughs> Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, let's so you talk write about comics it. in the '90s, and then you're going to tell me how to write comics and wonder why there's no fan base. Yeah, because right. they went away. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and it's not because the comics were bad. It's because they went away. They grew up. So yeah. should you and learn how to write a comic now. Pick a uh, pick a Jason Aaron book or a Jeff mm-hmm. Johns book. Yeah. Throw it through your Todd Mc, uh, through a Todd McFarlane Amazing Spider Man. I'm not saying that it was bad. I'm just saying there's a hell of a lot more complexity in a comic today. Right. I have to look up words when I read Grant Morrison. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
and half of him he's, he's making up from an acid trip, but that doesn't matter. I mean, it's right. Like, <laughs> I have never successfully read a Grant Morrison book one time and understood. It. Oh no! I, yeah, he's smarter yeah. than me. Yeah, the, yeah. He, the the Green Lantern run he just did. I was like, I'll understand this, and I, I put it down. I was like, I had no idea what that was, but it was awesome. <laughs> right, Jason. I, I need a guide for Jason Aaron. Jason, get you know, Jason Aaron. Uh, Jonathan Hickman's writing guides for me in X Men now. It got so complicated. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah, and and it, it's exactly that, and you even see that in comic shops now too. Like Chris and I actually, our origin stories we met in a comic shop, but okay. it wasn't one of those old musty comic shops, right, Chris? It's like it's a comic shop that's promoting new stuff, right? And because you get some comic shop owners that just have their collection out on the floor, and they're like, "No, I don't read any of that new Green Lantern crap," you know, like right. that new Fifty Two Jeff Johns Green Lantern. I don't need that. It's like. Well, you should be reading it because it was one of the best runs. <laughs> like it's stuff like that you see out there as well. But yeah, it's it's really a, a tragedy that we're at this point, and there's so many options out there. You know, mm-hmm. especially with uh, indie books, there's so many good companies that are like Mad Cave is doing some great stuff, Action Labs doing some great stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and you're competing with the Image and IDW and Boom. Like there's so many really really solid books that if you're not reading it like die is one of the best books i've read in years mm-hmm. uh, once in future is such a good book mm-hmm. um and it's it's sad that we're we're reading these things and then there's people who are spouting on their kickstarters and again i'm calling you out guys if you're hearing this calling you out spouting that there's nothing like that on the shelf you're a liar there's <laughs> stuff on the shelf that that's probably better than what you're writing all mm-hmm. right <laughs> I, the, and that's why when i write my book like it is straight crime Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I say that just because even hundred bullets, I love hundred bullets, but there's this whole supernatural aspect of where the hundred bullets come from. And then right. the secret order, blah, blah, blah. It mm-hmm. gets so sort of stuff. It's none of that. It's like, uh, Dave LaPan's old stray bullets, just guys doing effed up shit. But things happen. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Killer Sorry, be killed. I had to go on a rant there. No, but uh, <laughs> speaking of crime noir, Killer Be Killed is like one of the what, and I don't really read a lot of stuff like that. But Killer Be yeah. Killed is is just enough supernatural to where it's like, I mean, it's crime and like vigilante style, but it's like that story's been done before. But there's something about the way uh, Ed writes it that it's like it makes me interested in this. Like, here's a guy that's like pretty much given up on life and does all this other stuff, but. Um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's an abundance of all that out there. Like, what? What? You have a poll list, obviously. What are your like yep. top top few books that you're reading right now? Uh, so anything Donny Cates. Donny Cates is just <laughs> killing the world. That's um, funny. We pretty much worship him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, there's when he when he writes, he not only does he write things, it's super basic and it's something you should have thought of before and you didn't, and it pisses you off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, Venom symbol looks like a dragon. <laughs> of course Thor should be a Herald of Galactus. Yes. Right. Yeah. I don't understand sense. why I didn't think of this. Yeah, uh, right. You know, he's only, like, the end of Guardians was the only thing that I, I have not liked by him. I didn't like the end of Guardians. I thought it was mm. a little weak, but mm. it wasn't bad. Uh, I like Once in Future. Really like that. Um, I like the scout book, The Mall. I don't know if you've ever read that. That's a really, mm-hmm. really good book. Uh, so it's like an 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a whole bunch of kids get uh, given a mall and they don't know why and they found out that they all have the same dad 
uh, and he was a crime boss, and all these kids have to deal with this ramifications. Super oh, wow. fun. Um, what else? What else do I like? Um, do, 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 do. I like Loveless. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I trying to think of? I'm trying to grab my books. I'm going to grab my books. That's it. Yeah, let's just, let's go. Let's I got Heartbeat. Uh, all my Marvel DC stuff: Outcast, uh, oh, yeah. White Ash, Undiscovered yep. Country. Love that. Uh, Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling extra edgy here because all my Marvel and DCs are red because, you know, I'm, I <laughs> no, love comics. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, I, yeah, I, I pretty much, Chris takes care of all the Marvel stuff. I take care of most of the DC stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You know, I, I'm loving the new Nightwing. I didn't like it. Uh, I'm loving it, the changes. Justice League is starting to grow on me. I love Batman's Tom King, the ending of the Tom King run. That was a great, great story. Um, you know, like everybody, I, I didn't like the dream issues, but once you got yeah. past that and saw the ending, like it was. And it's, it's, it's so funny you bring that up because uh, at the end of every episode, Chris and I talk about our, our pull list and we describe every book we've read. And it was like that dream sequence issue. I was like, Chris, we're still in the nightmare sequence. <laughs> I'm like, I just want my Batman to punch someone and I want him to be real. <laughs> like, I, won't, I don't want to be in his damn. And then he got into like the Miami Vice with the mustache. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it, it got a little weird. It got yeah. a little weird. Yeah. Um, probably why I was fired. I'm just, just going to throw that out there. Yep. Um, regardless of what he tells you, he was right. fired. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Given another book is, is not a thing. I don't know if yeah. you ever heard the there's a Donnie Cates interview where he was pulled into DC office. Have you ever heard of this? No. I have. So he was pulled into DC office and he was offered Batman after Tom King, mm-hmm. Green Lantern Corp uh, to coincide with Grant Morrison's run in Constantine. Oh, wow. Like by Jim Lee with wow. a stack of money in front of him. Like this wow. is a story. <laughs> oh my God. And he's like, I'm not leaving Marvel until I write Spider-Man, which that guy knows me. That's my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he he he's got a story he needs to write, but I mean, damn, I can't wait till he comes over because I love Donny Cates as well, but I can't wait till he comes and writes a Batman story. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I'm really curious of where they're going with the with the hammer, uh, the the weight of the hammer, like because it seems like it's just been done. Like you just Jason Aaron just kind of did that, so you got to have a new swing. I just I wonder if it's just a a kingly Thor cannot do what a adventure Thor can do kind of building me out. I don't know. Um, what else do I like? Uh, I'm really liking, I, so I, I'm struggling with this whole, um, well, I don't even know what to call it. Right. The, it has a name for it. The, the DC, the big DC crossover they're building towards uh, uh, metal, the, the metal like crossover. Like I like it. Uh, well, actually, that's not even the metal stuff I like. It's the Apex Luther like crisis. Right. Thing. Yeah, know. yeah, it's so crazy. It's so crazy, and it's it's really. I think it's actually taking down the books in their quality because DC was so good at just telling stories for such right. a long time. Right, and now they're like Bendis comes over. Bendis is like, we need continuity everywhere. Yeah, no yeah. Bendis. <laughs> No, for one, you weren't good at it to begin with. So let's start there. <laughs> Give them all these books to handle. That's, that seems like a great idea. And I love Bendis. Like, yeah. I'm one of those two people who actually like Bendis. Mm. But seriously, dude, continuity is not his style. He'll right. write a book and tell you that continuity on this page is so important, but literally contradict it two pages later. Yeah. 
Like, because sure. he just writes whatever he wants to write. He's like, and, I can work on it. And, you know, you bring up this thing about endings, too. And I guess you being a writer, we could talk about this. But yeah. Um, yeah, what I've noticed with Justice League, too, and like you talked about the end of Guardians with Donny Cates, like you get such an epic storyline. Like, you know, you get Justice League meeting up with JSA. Yeah. Um, you get all the storylines across the Guardians uh, stuff, you know, the Silver Surfer, the. Um, and the, the Thanos prelude, all that stuff. Um, but then like the ending kind of falls short and it's almost like they didn't plan ahead for that or, or that was the ending in their head. And it just like, because everything else was so epic. It's like, this just, I don't know. It's like, eh, this is how we're going to wrap things up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, but some people do it right. Um, you know, so for Donnie Cates, I really feel that the guardians ending was literally, Oh, I get to write Thor now. I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there it is. There it is. Yep. That's what I, that's what I feel about for the Guardians. And I feel like, really, do we need to bring Drax? You just killed Drax. Do you need to bring right. it back? Like, right. there was no point for that. Uh, but Secret Wars, the latest Secret Wars, was really, really good. That ending. Was, it, for a Marvel fan, if you. It, there's people who hate Secret Wars, and I'm really confused because they need to read more freaking comics. Because Secret Wars was everything the Marvel ever wanted to do, all put together in such a beautiful masterpiece. Every every book that I thought wasn't going to be valuable was so valuable and so important to the story. Getting the essence and putting it all together was so good. Mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock is amazing, amazing story. Yes, it is. How awesome is Superman? I get it. I get it. <laughs> but it was it was really well put together. There is a curse on stuff, but I feel that the curse is only when the the ending is only leading to something. I think they're all trying to capture the Civil War, um, Captain America death, right? They're all trying to lead to this amazing Captain America Civil War death where he dies at the end of the book. But it, you're not going to get that again. That was kind of a, a, a strike, strike lighting, right? Because Civil War was great, and then they killed Cap. Well, I, I think the problem is, uh, I, I think it's different for both both companies, right? So Marvel went so extreme that Comicsgate arose and caused all sorts of crazy stuff because they switched all the characters out at the same time. Right. We had right. Thor, we had Black Cap, we had all these all these crazy shenanigans over there, and now they've switched it back the other way and trying to figure out what to do with these characters. So Marvel's afraid to do anything these days. I think Marvel Marvel is actually a kind of a cowardly approach. DC did did get it so well back in the nineties. Like when Connor Hawk was Green Arrow, and you know you had Barry Allen as the Flash, not Barry Allen, Wally West as the Flash. You had all these different characters. You didn't care because the core of Batman and Superman were there, and then. We had different Robins. They kind of built it and allowed you to kind of adjust and give you a new one slowly um, and gave these other characters purpose, right? You know, we had uh, Ollie being the, sh- the shadow, uh, Shade, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shade? No, it's not Shade. Um, yeah. It's not Shade. <laughs> uh, Shade is uh, the guy from Sandman. Um, right, right. Not Shadow. No, I don't. Uh, whatever the guy is. Yeah. Spectre. No, you're right. Spectre. No, Spectre. Yeah. yeah, Spectre. Yeah. Um, so you've got all these things. So we, we, we're building in this flow that comics uh, can't exist without uh, change. That's kind of what it is. But, but at what cost? Um, and we're struggling with finding that. And we're not giving the writers a, a huge run, right? If you're 
for Marvel, if you're not Jason Aaron, Dan Slott, or Donny Cates, you're only four issues at a time. You're only paid four issues at a time. It doesn't matter what you're writing. Yep. Um, DC does it, does it differently where they give you a year arc, but now that DC's shoving all these medals and all these other stuff in your face, they can't build their universe everywhere. So no one's building. Everyone's just being responsive right now in Marvel and DC. I think that that's what's hurting comics. Well, what about the imprints, though? I, and I, I, we could talk about this. The the imprints that DC brought out, I mean, you see such a – you saw how, well, from DC will say, I don't know if they'll release the numbers, but they say, oh, this imprint did so well that we're going to bring another installment in. And it's like, this is what people want. They want these Batman stories like Last Night on Earth right. and, um, you know, the White Knight story. I don't know if that was a Black Label story, but this Wonder Woman story that just came White out. Like, yeah. And it's like – it these are the story. Like I want the Batman where the Joker is trying to like pitch to the city that Batman's a piece of shit because he's like destroying buildings <laughs> every night he goes out and stuff like that. Like I like those ideas and, and I think they treat it well. Well, they're, they're not, they're not good enough to, or they're kind of scared to put it in the mainstream, but they're like, Hey, we have this little input if you want to check these stories out, but now they're starting to see them really take off and do well. And there's something to be said there. Yeah, I think that those imprints are important, but at the same time, uh, you get comic readers who are never going to read them just because they don't matter. Because mm. our closet says that book doesn't matter, so why why do you do stuff? And even with DC and with Secret, going back to Secret Wars and to Crisis, yep. both Marvel and DC has proven that all these things matter. Like eventually, yeah, <laughs> we'll right. probably make them matter, but they don't. I think a better example of a line that's working is the Wonder Line. I think that that's uh, working really well. The Young yeah, Justice yeah. is doing really well. Yeah. I think it kind of feels like it has its own vibe uh, and ties into the universe, but it, it makes you ask more questions about the main universe than, than not. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think Black Label is going to be around, but to the sacrifice of Vertigo, I don't know if it was worth it. Right. I agree there. But I, as t I was talking about the Wonder. I mean, the Wonder Twins is a great book. The uh, Dial H, I think that, that was such a great approach with that story. That's one of my favorite DC books right now is the Dial H book. Yeah, I, I love Young Justice. I'm really loving it. Um, now, I don't read Dial H. So is he a Spider-Man character in that story or just in the version of uh, Young Justice? <laughs> He's a, uh, I mean, oh, no, it's, it's, it, it got into more multiverse than I thought. And it's awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's, and I really, I never saw like a dial H book becoming that big, I guess. Right. Which is like, you know, there's so much multiverse stuff going on in DC, but it, it talks about like a hero verse that exists. And the hero verse is like, gives you an origin and, you know, every, there's like a birth of a hero or a villain and that's determined by their origin story. So you go in this whole, other universe where like there's right. there's vill villains and heroes being it was such a cool approach and it was and like just the different art styles too when not only transforming into a different hero but then you get a whole different like this hero is more anime style or this hero is more like um scott pilgrim or something right. like that it's and it's it's just a fun book that it's like this is so different than everything else that's on the shelf from dc right now and it's yeah. just i don't know it's just refreshing to read to me but yeah, I, 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 that actually sounds more interesting than Dial H for Hero. I, I right. ignored it because it was Dial H for Hero. <laughs> exactly. Well, <laughs> we, we all talk about the new 52 run, and that went like 13 right. issues, and they pulled it. <laughs> yeah, remember, um, remember when uh, Rob Liefeld wrote Hawk and Dove? That was oh, great. Yeah. It was really, really good. <laughs> yeah, everyone, it sold out everywhere. <laughs>
Those aren't in the 25 cent bins wherever you look. Right. It, mm-hmm. it made it a 51 universe really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, all those initial new 52s, man, we talk about it. Uh, oh, man. Wasn't one like Agents of Frankenstein or something? Uh, yeah. They had uh, some weird. Agent of Shade. Yeah. It was like uh, Frankenstein's a great character, but I mean, I don't know. If you can... <laughs> I don't know about that book. Yeah. They got to try well. some stuff out. It, mm-hmm. It's crazy. So what do you guys think about uh, Superman revealing his identity? Do you think that's going to do anything? Uh, I think they're already yeah. trying to backpedal with it. I think they're already, they're trying to play it off as like, cause not what you talked about. Like now it's showing up in other books. Like now you have the Batman Superman book where he's like, well, no, everybody knows who you are. And it's like, but that's not going to affect our book. And they had to like make that conversation happen just to be able to say that, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, it's like uh, what was the whole point of this dialogue? You know, it's like, Oh no, everybody knows who you are. Okay. Next page. We're fighting people again. It's like, you just had to say that to get it out of the way. And I think that's how it's going to be treated by some of these writers that are right. revolving around these characters, but I don't know. Well, another thing. And I, I remember the conversation for that previous book is like, He's still walking around as his Clark Kent disguise, and and I think that's what Batman brings up. He's like, "Oh, you're still walking around like that," and it's like that seems kind of silly now, right? He doesn't right. need to be walking around with the glasses. So what is he? What is he going to do? Walk around looking like a supermodel now? Like what's? <laughs> what, how's it going to turn out now? He doesn't need to look like he doesn't need to hunch over, you know, like the classic Superman movies where he, he actually puts you know a little hunch over. He puts a hat on, glasses. He doesn't need to do that. Like Clark Kent is a completely different person. Yeah, we need to. Everybody's writing uh, like daddy issues lately. Can we get all the writers together and just get one counseling session and go, hey, look, I'm sorry your dad did whatever he did, but the rest of us want some other stories. Some of us had a good dad, all right? Yeah. It's all good, all right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a confusing uh, problem because you look at what they're trying to do and they still want new characters, right? So Miss Marvel is still shoved down your throat. You don't see an Inhuman in sight. Have you seen an Inhuman in a while? They're missing. <laughs> <laughs> they used to dominate the Marvel Universe. They seem right. to have disappeared all of a sudden yep. when uh, Fox got the X-Men. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When uh, Marvel got the X-Men, I mean. Yeah. Um, so you've got all these these things going on, but it's really the the biggest problem that they have is is tr- trying to figure out what they want to do. Like for instance, I'm super excited about the Strange Academy, mm. but there's no way that that fits in Doctor Strange's continuity right now. Like that is those do not go together. You know, he wasn't planning on building a school. He's planning on actually giving up and being a surgeon. Like these things don't coincide. So they've got to get their stuff together. And same with like the Avengers. That is not Earth's mightiest heroes. The 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 Ghost Rider who has a car who doesn't really know what his powers are, that weird bastardized version of She Hulk, like those are not my Avengers. <laughs> it's right, right, exactly. It really is. We're gonna we're gonna turn this into a two fart podcast, I think. But um, I just want to I want to I want to bring it back full circle. I was trying to find a segue into this, but for everyone out there, please check out Broke Down and Four Dead Bodies. On Kickstarter, yes, <laughs> right. I just want to advertise a what because we got a little sidetracked, but I want to advertise one more time. Broke down four dead bodies on Kickstarter. Check it out, um, Travis Gibb. Check him out as well. And dude, we would love to have you back on the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, as you can yeah. guys tell, if anybody's listening to your show, if you love comics, you'll you'll read someone who loves comics and learn how to write comics from 
reading comics. Right. And you can tell the way I do panelize it, it. And it's when people read my books, they're like, wow, there's something very familiar about it. It's yeah. I've ripped off people for years. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not just, there's a certain style of doing it um, yeah. that I've really mastered. I, mm -hmm. I think I've mastered. Um, and issue three is really the cusp of that and showing, you know, who I am as a writer, what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm really proud of it. I'm super stoked. I've got tons of really cool stuff coming out this year. Yeah. But this issue is is what I'm proud of. Most proud of. Okay. Excellent.